Herd, and welcome to another episode of the Herd Main Show. I'm your Herd leader, John Wayne. And I'm your Herd mom, Megan. Back, back from the dead. Yes, it's so good to have you back. Yes. I don't know what I would have done if you had stayed dead, but no more. I know what you would have done. There was a comic about that this week. Oh, <laughs> yes, reanimation um, would have been uh, zombie Herd Mom mm-hmm. then. But no, yes, um, thank you to everyone who's been patient. Um We've been kind of out of it mm-hmm. with, um, there's been a stomach bug going around. and I had the plague. Yes, it's hard to do this show if it's just me talking for an hour. I, I guarantee you would not want that. And so, um, just one of them things, you gotta, you gotta wait for life to pass by uh, mm-hmm. and then just get back to it. So here we are, getting back to it. And today we have a little bit of a fun episode. It's a little bit different of something than we've done before, but it was something we've talked about a little bit uh, since season four started we say it's kind of a amalgamation of a topic that we wanted to do uh, because we brainstormed and we've talked about this before we brainstormed different ideas for different episode concepts so rather Mm -hmm. than kind of just coming up with it and then doing it week to week we would come up with it in advance and kind of fill in so we knew a bit more we know now a bit more of what we're planning to do ahead of time in uh, other than it used to be dependent on, well, we know this is coming out, we know this news is going to drop, we know this is what we're talking about in Clone Wars. So we had a few things we knew, and then the rest we kind of just went along with. But we're kind of changing that up. Yeah. And one of the ways we change that up is with just coming up with different categories of episodes we wanted to do. And you were into, um, much like our C-3PO R2 idea, mm-hmm. you wanted to do an episode where we talked about OSHA violations. Yes, because I will admit I was entranced by the Unraveled by uh, Brian David Gilbert, where he did the OSHA violations of the Super Smash Brothers um, stages. It was very funny, mm-hmm. and I figured, why don't we do that with Star Wars? Yeah, and so, but then, I can rather than do one episode of that and be done with the idea, we figured, well... The main point of OSHA violations is that you might die, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of places you could die in Star Wars. And I wanted to do a kind of Discovery Channel, here's this planet, here's the things on this planet, here's the history of this planet, mm-hmm. like very informational. But, but but what if? What if we just put those two together? PB and J style. Right. Like, so you're not just going to learn about a planet, but you're going to learn about all the ways you could die on that planet. Yes. Um, and, and what better way to start mm-hmm. than with the planet killer? Exactly. And you can play <laughs> this game in real life. It's called having anxiety. Right. It's just like, how many ways could I die today? Um, and so we just did that thinking of the events of the Death Star and the history of the Death Star and everything. And it's not, it is going to still be, we're going to talk about some of the history because there's some interesting history with the Death Star. Um, so we're going to get to know our location before we get to know all the ways that you could possibly die there. Yes. And so, yeah, it was just an interesting idea that came about. And so we figured start with something cool like the Death Star and, you know, we'll we'll journey to other planets, Tatooine, Felucia, who knows? Mm-hmm. You can leave us comments below um, and comments on social media. Let us know if you want a particular planet, if you think a particular planet's hostile and uh, worthy mm-hmm. of the top 10 ways to die list, then hit us up and we may do that. Uh, we, we don't have a schedule for how we're going to do these. We don't once a month like we don't know where it's just something we're going to put out when we feel like having fun um because this is a bit more of a fun episode yeah i do um, feel like having fun exactly so and it's one of those things where it's like you still we 
you know, I know I'm more geeky about it, but, you know, we always like to educate and give information. Yeah. But it's always nice when you can do that in a cool spin. Um, and what's cooler than death? <laughs> that was so, a sweet, cool embrace. Um, but yeah, so that's our episode. So it's exciting. I, I enjoyed kind of researching and putting this one together uh, and the conversations that we had that kind of fed into it and whatnot. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it is enjoyable. So, um, But before we get there, we do have some news. You we got, do have you, some news. Did you bring the news? I brought egg salad and the news. Oh, okay. I don't like egg salad, so... Okay, then I just brought the news and an empty bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Whoop. (laughs) There we go. In book news this week, uh, New York Comic Con was about a week ago. It was a little while ago. We're catching up. It was a a bit ago. Um, And we have some reveals. Uh, First up is the Clone Wars Anthology book. I'm very excited about this. Mm. It's uh, going to be released on August 25th, 2020. If I can speak words. The month of my birth. The month of your birth. Yes. It's, the 14th. It's too late for my day of birth, but it, it, yes. it happens in the month. So there, there's that. It. You'll still get it as a birth gift. Well, yeah. Surprise, removal day. Right. We can celebrate the fact that you were born and are still alive at any point. Exactly. It doesn't need to be the, the day Yay. of. Right. Like, good job. You're not dead yet. Yeah. I mean, on an episode where we're talking about the ways to die, you, you're, you're doing good. Yeah. I'm doing pretty darn good. There you go. Um, so for this book, we have several veteran Star Wars authors coming in to s- supply some short stories based on the Clone Wars episodes. Um, what do you think about this? Are you excited about it? Yeah, I mean, because uh, I was talking to someone recently um, that these kind of anthology books are some of my favorites because we were talking mm-hmm. about the Tales from the Bounty Hunters. Um, and so... It, I, I really enjoy these kinds of stories because mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's really easy in Star Wars to only tell the big stories about the big characters yes. or to put off telling stories until you have the big stories. Um, the cool thing about anthologies is that all you need is enough to fill a chapter. You don't need mm-hmm. a full resolution. You don't need a full backstory, but just a, a little adventure. And when you're dealing with as many characters as Star Wars has, especially during the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. um, this is a really good way to kind of expand that kind of world, yeah. um, but not have to, you know, struggle to create a full, big, here's this chunky story. You can just come up with, here's a little adventure that these characters went on. Here's a yeah. little side quest, you know, because um, so many cool stories come from that style oh, of yeah. storytelling. I'm hoping for a lot of clone stories. Yeah, and when they did, they came out with a book like this for The Force Awakens, um, and that was really good. Of course, there's the From a Certain Point of View book, which we're actually going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you know, there's been recent short story books like that, but, um, you know, I, I'm glad to see there's more, and I hope this is a way to get more, especially once episode nine ends and we have more room for storytelling between seven and, uh, or not seven, six and seven. Um, a great way to fill that gap is just do an, th- an anthology. Absolutely. You know, just do a quick, here's a couple of rebel heroes and where they're at and what they're doing, you know? Yeah. I mean, just the little catch-up stories kind of like that. Yeah, and speaking of catch-up, um, Timothy Zahn is returning to Thrawn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I, I, I'm not there yet. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, this was the biggest surprise to me because it yeah. just, I mean, 
Yeah, and it's another trilogy, too. Yeah. Well, Thrawn's always been a character of trilogies. It makes sense. And that's where, I mean, when Thrawn first came out way back, uh, I I was in that group that was wondering, okay, is this going to be a trilogy? Is this going to go further? Because you don't really just put this character in one book. He's got a lot going on. Yeah. But it kind of makes sense um, as far as where the story takes place. I know we're going to learn about Thrawn. We're going to learn about the Chiss Ascendancy. But that says nothing to where it can happen. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking after Rebels, but who knows? But um, you haven't even gotten to Rebels as far as Thrawn goes yet. So, yeah. you know, you've got you've got some time to catch up at least before possible unavoidable spoilers start happening. So Yes, and I am very excited to watch more of Rebels because it's already so great. Yeah, I mean, if we can if we can keep on track with our rewatch, yes. <laughs> then we'll, we'll get there. Um, and other news. Uh, speaking of trilogies, I'm just full of like segways. Yeah, I should open up a mall shop. You're like a millipede of segways. That's a terrifying That's a train. idea. <laughs> <laughs> that is just a train. There you isn't go. It? Yeah. But anyway. Uh, so we knew that Alphabet Squadron was a trilogy. Yeah. Um, and now we know that the second novel will be out in spring of 2020, and it is titled Shadowfall. Ooh, Spookums. I like this one. This was the very expected, like, okay, good. We're, we're, because, I mean, we're, like, four months out from the first book, and so it, it it's nice to know they're going to do a book a year, mm-hmm. um, and it's nice to know that it's nearing um completion i mean if it's going to be out in it says spring so yeah that's i mean i i'm excited because this is right up my alley of old school star wars you love ships books um you know the majority of star wars books used to be rogue squadron and x-wing and all that Mm -hmm. stuff so um this is sort of a return to form i'm glad it's not the majority of star star wars stories now yeah because i love that the books are getting into other things mm-hmm. um but i am glad we have have this continuing yeah. and i'll say Corey, if you're listening i jedi is on my bedside table right now <laughs> yeah you picked it up just to I picked it up sometimes it's nice because you hear someone doesn't like something and you've never experienced it and you're just, just like i need to know why <laughs> right i either need to know why or i need to i need to tell them how yeah. wrong they are because it's just like, but, and I do that a lot with movies. Like, if someone says a movie's crap, I'll go back and watch it and be like, yeah, you were right, or I don't agree. Right. Yeah, not in a shameful way. No. But in, in a way of, like, I'm not just going to let that person's opinion be mine. Yeah. I'm going to see why they thought that, or I'm going to figure yeah. out for myself what I think about it. Also, I'm a masochist when it comes to media. Yeah, you don't mind bad stuff. No. You don't, like, you, you actually enjoy bad stuff yeah i enjoy reading or watching something and being like this is terrible right but you don't stop (laughs) right exactly so not that uh alphabet squadron or its sequel we we don't think is going to be terrible but in case you were wondering what what's currently on the read list i jedi is there it is there um so another book news that lots of book news lots of book news it surprised me with this one uh the author that wrote myths and fables is coming out with another book Mm -hmm. in the same vein that's going to be called Dark Legends. Yeah, like this one, same. I was excited. like, wow, that must have had a really good reception. Yeah, which um, we've read a couple of stories. We haven't read the which, whole thing, now, but it's fantastic. And we're assuming it's going to be in the same vein because yeah. he wrote a book of that nature. And then, I mean, this is called Dark Legends. It, 
It, yeah. And I feel like if it wasn't going to be in that vein, they wouldn't leave it assumable like that. Do you think it's going to be Sith Legends or maybe Jedi Legends that are an interpretation of the Sith kind of dealy? Ooh. Like, do you think it's going to be like, ooh, like Sith beasts and stuff like that? Like the Rancor? I'd really like that. I mean, I think some of the more interesting things that could be misinterpreted have Mm -hmm. to do with the Force, especially obviously like the dark side. Do you think we're going to get a more in-depth story of the Tuataka? That would be nice. That would be really cool. I mean, stuff... I think that's prime legendary storytelling. Yeah. Um, and I like this idea of storytelling within a story in terms of... Yeah. These are stories that characters within a story would tell kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think those kinds of things are interesting. Yeah, and I think we've heard a lot about... We've heard a lot about the legends, but we've never really been introduced to the legends themselves well and this introduces the possibility of keeping legends legends not legends the eu legends as in yeah like the prophecies of the chosen one and and all of these or like aesop's fables right well yeah it's it's one of those things where it's like it can remain unknown Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be proven it doesn't have to be factual it can remain unknown mm-hmm. um within the, the whole narrative like you know we don't yeah. have to eventually someone come out with another book that says oh here's what that one book was about like it, it's it's just a really interesting way to fill out because when you think about the chosen one it's weird because well we've never gotten to like mystic legends and stuff like that but yeah i think the most like mystic we've gone is the mortis arc well now but i mean it, originally oh yeah when yeah, they first definitely. said the chosen one it's like where is this coming from this is totally new yeah so now you know definitely like with mortis like with the Terataka stuff like that they're introducing that are like questionable and they don't give any real context to and i enjoy that because i mean a galaxy that exists for so long there's no way that there's not more yeah. legends and religions and myths all this stuff oh yeah i mean you put in you put dathomir Right. In in general, just mm-hmm. in a place. And you've got, like, Rancors. You've got the Night Sisters. Well, you've got the Night Brothers. And that'd got, be one, like... too. It'd be really interesting uh, if one of them is a spooky story of Night Sisters telling about the Winged Beast. Yes. You know, their version of the dark side. Their version yeah. of the dark god. Like, stuff like that I yeah. would really enjoy more of. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I think this is exciting if it is what we're hoping for. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, I'm really curious what it would be about um if you know with a title like dark legends and a history like his it'd be interesting to see what it is all right and for our last bit of news john tell me about the comics we are talking about uh return to vader's castle so this is a uh show favorite from last year we loved it it's a star wars adventure series by kevin scott who is a uh veteran Star Wars author. Mm-hmm. Um, he's crossed platforms before, but one thing he's very known for is Star Wars adventure stories. Cool, concise, fun. Yeah, very you well m- written. You, you, you might be tempted to say they're for kids, but no. They're, they're Well, yes and no. They're geared towards kids, but they're for everyone. Right. They're con- Yeah. Um, everything Kevin does is largely accessible by anyone and everyone who's a Star Wars fan. Exactly. His um, uh, tales from... Uh, Deep Space I want to say it's Deep Space I think it might be something um, I can't remember but he did um, 
a book series that was really good that had a lot of storytelling opportunities and a lot of people missed it because they were like oh it's for kids um he's got great storytelling and so he's returned for the return of vader's castle yes um which is spooky stories that each week are focused on a different Mm -hmm. spooky character yes you don't have to tell them in the dark but you could right and so and it centers around vader his castle mustafar Mm -hmm. in this instance the stories are being told by his aide um and so sorry i'm reaching for the reaching for the comic and so last week uh, was about yes. Tarkin. The week before, the first issue was about Maul, yes. uh, which was a really good one. This one... It's so reanimator. Yeah. It's fantastic. Well, when you're working with a character who is played by a prolific horror icon such as Peter Cushing, yeah. you draw from his influence. This draws from his influence as playing Dr. Frankenstein, playing Van Helsing, and even playing a villain himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you've got the Tarkin's monster. Yeah. Um, it's re- it's really good. If you've never seen the movie Reanimator, I'll give you a short synopsis. It's Frankenstein, but gorier and gooier. And and based on a story by H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's that's the original story. Um, but it's so wonderfully gooey. Yeah, and like it's gory. This definitely gets into the mad scientist yeah. style, which, if you don't know, is canon for Tarkin. He yes. had the Tarkin Initiative. They were basically, yeah. they came up with Triple Zero, who was a murderous C3PO. They came up with BT1, who was a murderous R2D2. They came up with the Death Star. So they came up with not just technology, but just anything that mm-hmm. they could create that could further the Empire's cause. Yes. And so, um, and the art in this one is. It's fantastic. Actually, better done i think than the first one hot take well because the first one you know it's very much like an episode of clone wars mm-hmm. whereas this one like is going full horror story it's there there's cool. so many panels where it's just like we're gonna make make this extra spooky yeah i'll say it every every cop or not every copy every issue matches the story well Mm-hmm. The art style really does a great job of matching the story that they're trying to tell. Fair. Like, where this is very, you know, old 80s horror comic. Like, mm-hmm. it, it really had almost Tales from the Crypt vibes for me. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's it's very well done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not a knock to the other issue. It's just that this one, I think, leans into its territory more. Mm-hmm. There's panels where it's just, you did that just because it looks spooky. And I'm not arguing with it. Yeah. Versus the other one where it's just very much what you see is what you get. Yeah. There's no, I get you. other than the, the cover, there's no real part where they really emphasize scary Spider Mall. Yeah. Whereas here, they're like, it's just Peter Cushing, but it's, it's scary. Peter Cushing. He's a terrifying man. <laughs> Even though he's one of the nicest people in the world. Wears fuzzy slippers. Right. Like, you can't be mad at him. Yeah. So, uh, But yeah, uh, we aren't trying to spoil anything. We want to share our thoughts on it because it's one yeah. we really love and want you to check out. There's a new issue every week of October. And yeah, it's just fun. Mm-hmm. It's cool. And we highly recommend it. And um, yeah. the, the art is a big appeal for the whole thing anyway. So if you uh, read comics and haven't checked them out, we recommend it. If you don't read comics but would like some interesting stories, if you'd like some different Star Wars stories, then Return to Vader's Castle is a good option. Yeah, yeah. I agree. All right, so we're going to go ahead and dive into our main show. On we go. Yes. Sploosh. And so uh, before we start with how we can die, 
on the Death Star. Yes. It's good to know your territory. Exactly. It's good to know where you're going to die. Uh, let, let's, let's go ahead and give you a free one, all right? We'll actually make this 11 ways to die on the Death Star. Number 11, not knowing the Death Star. Exactly. That's, now, mm, that's knowing the one. Death Star is probably not going to help you much with the rest of them, but knowing is half the battle. Yeah. So, um, to learn a little bit, and, and also we're going to talk about both Death Stars because they're too similar to not. Yeah. Like, they're, you know, I mean, I don't know. Starkiller Base is significantly different, That's different construction. All Yeah, it's like whole different territory. But these two, other than one yeah. being bigger than the other, kind of the same thing. So exactly. we lumped them in. And so... Um, that's one thing, first off, is if you didn't know, the second Death Star is bigger than the first. Yes. Um, there's not a l easy way to have, like, size reference in, in Star Wars film. You can't, like, oh, when this ship gets next to this ship, it'll tell you how big one is from the other. Mm -hmm. Like, with the Death Star, it's just a big death ball in space, so it's not really measurable. Okay, so, like, that versus that, basically. Yeah, except times... A few thousand. Times a few thousand. But yeah, so... Um, I'm sorry, you, I don't have a bigger one. <laughs> if you can't tell from uh, watching, um, there you go. Yes, first yes. first big difference of the Death Star 1 and Death Star 2 um, is the size, which also the big difference is the Death Star 2 is the only one that's actually called the Death Star, technically. technically yeah, we yes. call it Death Star, and they say the name Death Star, but that was more of a nickname. It was actually the DS-1 Orbital Battle Station. Uh, but people liked Death Star so much that when the next one came around, they were like, let's just call it the Death Star 2. There's something coming in the back of my throat. Nerd! <laughs> so it's one okay. of those things. So technically, there's only one Death Star. There's one. It's, it's one of those things yeah. where it's like, hi, I'm Bob. Hi, I'm Bob. My name is actually Bob. People just call me Bob. Only one of these people is a real Bob. It's in a weird way to put it, but that's how it is. That's how it works, folks. Yeah, and I will acknowledge I need to turn that nerd back on myself because <laughs> I am also on this podcast. Exactly. You're, you're in this mess together. Yeah. Um, so but so uh, other differences, there's a lot more history to the first Death Star, mainly because it took so long to build. Yes. It took uh, how many years? Uh, 21. So there's an interesting discrepancy. Um, you might want to be tempted to say 19 years because Luke was born 19 BBY before the Battle of Yavin. So if we reverse the timeline, it was destroyed at the Battle of Yavin, minus 19, it's 19 years old, right? Actually not. Um, so when we were originally talking about this topic, we actually were wrong because... Uh, you brought up the oh, end boy. of episode three, and it's like, oh, well, that's a time jump. This is, I, I assumed, I've always assumed, this is a time jump. Mm -hmm. Because why would they already have that much of the Death Star done that quickly? Turns out, they already did. This, is, this was mind-blowing to me when looking into this episode. So um, it was supported in secret by 150 Republic senators. Wow! This, was, this took place... 21 years before its destruction. This this happened Yikes. before the Second Battle of Geonosis. So the Second Battle was about the halfway point of the Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. Pretty much after um, the First Battle. Obviously, Count Dooku takes the plans from the Geonosians and then returns it to his master. Well, at some point, 
Palpatine, not Sidious, presented this to a council of senators and basically fear-mongered them with the idea of, we have to build this because they're building a badder one. And so... I kind of want that story. Read Tarkin. Between um, Tarkin and Catalyst, we get the extensive backstory of the Death Star's construction, also involving Tarkin, involving Krennic, so much more. And so basically... It would have been a lot harder to secretly fund this. So his smart brain said, I'm going to get them to fund it knowingly. Yeah. I'm not going to trick them into funding it. I'm going to have them fund it knowingly. And so he said, "There, yeah, there's a big bad weapon out there. The Separatists are building. We can't find it. But we have these plans we took from them if we built this first. Mm-hmm. So he had the Republic agreeing to this. He also, at the same time, had his separatist senators funding this. So he had funding Yikes. coming from both sides. That is so smart and it's so, so Palpatine. Palpatine. That's so Palpatine. So here's the thing. Phase one of the Death Star's construction was done before the Second Battle of Geonosis. So that frame structure we see was real. That, that wasn't a time jump. That was, hey, look what I've been working on for the last couple of years. It's crazy. Snap, dog. And so... We already kind of mentioned, all right, so the plans originated with Geonosians. Yes. Um, are you one of those that when you, like, see the Geonosians, you think of them like bugs? Because they're very insectoid. Like, do you, is it hard for you to imagine them making machines, making advanced technology and all these other things? Yes, honestly, because their entire setup on their planet looks like giant termite temples. Yeah, very, very appropriate. Very, That's what they're going like, for. And it's very cool looking. It's very, very fashionable. I enjoy what they're doing with their lives. But, like, I it, I have to wonder, like, when did the shift happen to, like... Right. When did the, you know, the ape find the bone and break it? Like, <laughs> well, because there, there, it is interesting only because insects are so associated with nature... You know, we don't associate them with understanding and intelligence and technology. Mm -hmm. So to make the jump from building termite mounds to building weapons, Mm -hmm. it is significant. But um, we do see intelligence amongst them. I mean, Pago the Lesser is a great example. And surely they're a hive mind, so there's not much. It's basically the lower in the caste system you are, the more functional you are. So the drones are actually, there was tens of thousands of them used to build the Death Star because all they do is work. Mm. They aren't intelligent. So the soldiers are the intelligent ones. They're tactical. They're the ones that uh, get into combat. But then there's a whole other cast where they're actually the ones that are all intelligence. Mm-hmm. They, can't def- they don't really defend themselves or fight, but they're all about the, the science stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you have the ones closest to, like, the queen, which would be, like, Poggle the Lesser, who's kind of the order giver. Yeah. He's the one that he has probably the highest intelligence other than the queen, only because, I mean, he's a freaking senator. Yeah. He, I mean, like, people forget, but Poggle the Lesser is a legal representative. And he's yeah. a bug. Right. It's really weird, but it's Star Wars. It makes so. me think, like... There's a freaking walrus senator, too, so... Right. Do you think that there was any intervention from, like, Techno Union? Oh, absolutely. Like that? So that's the interesting thing. So, I mean, that, my first assumption was, yeah. here's workers. We're going to give them technology and let them build from it. Yeah. 
I don't know the full history to say that that didn't happen, mm-hmm. but we do know, I mean, and that was the whole thing we see in Attack of the Clones, is that yeah. Techno Union comes alongside, you have the Trade Federation that come alongside. Now, here's the thing, people don't really recognize this, but the Trade Federation didn't make battle droids. Mm. They only used them. It was the Geonosians. The Geonos- like- that's why they look like Geonosians. Exactly. Okay, yeah. These bug people created advanced AI technology droids, mm-hmm. combat droids, and they staffed them. Like, so the idea was they're the ones that can build these things. I'm sure there had to be someone behind them that gave them more of the technical stuff, but for the most part, it makes sense that they'd be able to make. I mean, because when you look at natural architects, insects, man. Yeah. Um, from bees building honeycombs to ants building ant hives, or not ant hives, ant hills. Ant hills. Um, like yeah. they do that, and they don't need maps. They don't need to know. Like they can understand structure, integrity, like paths, yeah. like how to get from the top to the bottom. They don't need a map for that. They just know. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense when you look at the Death Star. Yeah, you see a battle station. You see advanced technology. But it's not too dissimilar to a hive. Exactly. It looks kind of like a, a wasp nest. Right. When especially, and we'll get into this in one of the points, there's all those chasms. There's always those, there's those gaps and those things where it's just like, I mean, why do you need rails and bridges when you can fly? Exactly. Ooh. So it's one of those things where it's just like some of that stuff I think carried the over. Bits. Yeah. Oh, it's like Legos. It's like it's really interesting. Together. It's so sad. And that's that's something really cool when you think about where this started. It didn't start with the Republic. It didn't start with the Empire. It started with Geonosians. It started with the Separatists. So it's yes. really really interesting. Um, just some other facts is um, basically by 19 BBY. So by the time. Darth Vader's in full role, the Jedi are gone, his children are born, all this other stuff. Um, There was a Geonosian revolt. See, I don't know if people that keep up with the Clone Wars know this, but when we last left Clone Wars, Paco the Lesser was imprisoned. Mm -hmm. He was in Republic custody. Krennic made a deal with Poggle to bring in his people. Because Krennic knew. Krennic knew it was Geonosian designed. He knew they had created it. So he was like, who better to do it? than the Geonosians. So he made a deal with Poggle to have Geonosians come in. He would give them orders, tell them what to do. That's where the building came from at first, Mm -hmm. um, was from the Geonosians. And so he was in their custody working with them, helping them build this for two years. Uh, And then by 19 BBY, he started a revolt um, and used that opportunity to escape. So actually earlier when I said Darth Vader, all that stuff, not quite yet. Because Pog of the Lesser is on Mustafar with the other Separatist representatives. That's how he dies. He's killed there by Anakin. Gotcha. So how he got from prison to there is actually explained by his relationship with Krennic and building the Death Star. If it weren't for gotcha. the Death Star, he wouldn't have been able to escape. Okay. So it's really interesting. Um, interesting. All I'll mention after that is after the Geonosians were retired, they actually started using Wookiees because of strength and labor. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't actually have enough droids to be able to automatedly do this which explains again delays that explains the droid attack on the walkie <laughs> exactly well we've been paying yeah. attention son or precious mineral all that stuff and you get a labor force it's all it's exactly. you know it's um fam. there was actually even one point where they considered cloning a workforce to be able to build this because it was going so slow because of the geonosian revolt and all that other stuff and did you know 
Uh, I found this out Probably again in not. research. Um, Genosians die if they don't work. Like bees. Yeah. If they wow. don't do what they were created to do, they die. Which is fine because they've got a queen who can make worms. It's really, it's really, well, for a while, but I mean, if that goes away, I mean, that's a, that's a horrible way for you to go extinct. That's Laziness. Very true. <laughs> oh man, yikes. So just some specs. Okay, that's a lot of history, uh, a lot of interesting stuff, though. A lot of interesting stuff. Um, let's get into some specs. Let's let's understand our place. So uh, the first Death Star is 160 kilometers wide, or 99.4 miles, or 524,000 feet. It's a lot of feet. Here's what's interesting. Here's something I want to talk about real quick. Alderaan was 12,500 kilometers. So just to go back again, Death Star, 160 kilometers. Mm-hmm. Um, Alderaan was 7,700 miles. Uh, Death Star, 99. Uh, Earth, pretty similar, 7,900 miles. Um, the U.S. itself is only 1,600 miles long. Why is that interesting? Because an orbital laser station, one eightieth of the size of Alderaan, destroyed Alderaan. That's that's like if it's a lot that's of like if a Hercules beetle, yeah, with a freaking laser on its freaking head, shot you and obliterated you. That'd be rad. That's a lot. That'd of, be a cool way to die. It would be cool, but that's a lot. Of power. That is a lot of that, power. Like, that's the significant thing here. Mm-hmm. The size of the Death Star compared to what it destroys is incredible. Let me put this in English for those of you who are not listening for the last 30 seconds. <laughs> Death Star real low. Alderaan real big. Death Star make Alderaan go boom real good. Re- like, well, and because like, you got... and wow. Like, because fab... So think about it this way. The Death Star is essentially an unshielded lightsaber. Because one of the things that make lightsabers work, that control the length and width and all that stuff, is that there's focusing. this kind of... Right, there's focusing crystals. So that that helps almost create this barrier. It obviously doesn't protect the light because it still cuts off limbs and cuts through metals, but it does enough to basically... It's almost like a tractor beam that holds it. Mm-hmm. All right? Take that away. All you have is the pure energy passing through this crystal. That's all the Death Star does. It just passes energy, hypermatter energy, through kyber crystals. So basically, it's one giant lightsaber blade going through the crust until it reaches the core, possibly even through that a bit until it causes catastrophic failure of the planet. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's like if you have a water balloon and just poke a hole through it. It just all goes away. Yeah. It's the same way with the Death Star shooting Alderaan. That's why a little thing can make a big thing go boom is because of the energy it puts out. What's even crazier is thinking about, okay, if it puts out that much energy, how come it only had one exhaust port? Right. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Because that's incredible. Yeah. That I, is wild to think about. And yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Well, here's the thing. There was a lightsaber gun. This is really getting out there. But there was a lightsaber gun mm-hmm. that functioned similarly that could destroy cities. Mm-hmm. It was it was basically a crystal the size of what you'd have in a lightsaber, but just used as it passes one big bolt of energy through it real quick, enough to destroy a city. So, the miracle Ezra didn't blow his freaking hand off. Right. Oh yeah, worse. But you upscale that to the scale of a Death Star. You take a crystal this big and make give it one the size of an SUV. All of a sudden, like the fact that they were able to 
in 20 years essentially figure out how to do that in such a way that they didn't all die it's actually really impressive right and i mean galen urso does not get enough credit for this not thing at all because the geonosians came up with the big thing and they're like oh wouldn't it be cool if it could shoot a laser galen urso is the one that actually made it work mm-hmm. and his wife lyra because she studied kyber crystals so it was fantastic it's all that stuff working together to make the ultimate death weapon it's crazy it is crazy like i imagine during half of what you were talking about like you know the the gif where the lady is looking around and she's got the map floating by right it's just like that's what was going on in my head well because i mean even if you don't get into the big science of it to think outputting that much energy that you can destroy something 80 times bigger than you Mm -hmm. is incredible it's ridiculous it's freaking wild it's 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 just incredible um, also incredible is the fact that this tiny little battle station has a crew of 1.1 to 1.2 million. It depends on what they need to do as to where they get that other 100,000, but a million, <laughs> a million people. Here's some context. In the state of Georgia, which is where we reside, 10.5 million mm-hmm. is the population. Yikes. In a state. Um, the biggest, so to kind of compare apples to apples, okay, a state, not really the same as a battle station. All right, apples to apples, largest U.S. naval base, Norfolk, 67,000 mm-hmm. crew just to run that place, staff that place. And I know what you're thinking, that's not all soldiers. Well, neither is the 1.1 million of the Death Star. But yeah. basically the closest thing we have to the Ooh. Death Star. There could have been like families. Luke killed lunch ladies. What are you talking about? Because you know they had lunch ladies on the Death Star. Lunch lady land, no. So, the closest thing we have, which is a large naval base, Mm -hmm. you basically have naval ships parking, docking, you have a fleet of aircraft. It's essentially what the Death Star does, but Mm -hmm. in space. The biggest thing we can do is 67,000 people. Yeah. That's insane. That is incredible. But you've got the Death Star with 1.1 million people. All the crew, all the soldiers, everybody. It's insane to think about. Now, compare that, because again, this is only 180th the size of Alderaan. This 1.1 billion crewed battle station destroyed a planet of 2 billion. Yikes. It's crazy. Yikes. So, Luke might have killed a million people, but he killed a million people that had a hand in killing 2 billion, so kind of weighs it out. I don't know. We'll talk about that in the ten, top 10 ways to die. Death Star 2, eh, not much else to say. It's bigger, so it's 200 kilometers, which means 124 miles or 6,500,000 mm-hmm. feet. Uh, 655,000 was what I was going for. Uh, it's 163rd the size of Earth, um, which is pretty interesting. And oddly enough, only uses the same amount of crew, so 1.1 to 1.2 million. It's interesting. Bounces out. Well, what's, I don't know if they either figured out we don't need that many people or they were like, we don't have that many people. Probably. Because here's the thing. They killed a million people and still had plenty to spare for the rest of the trilogy. Yep. Like, they had another one million people to spare for this. Yep. It's like, how many freaking, like, I don't think we think about that enough. When we think about the scale of Star Wars, like, the Empire was yeah. huge. Well, it's like thinking about how many times has the Enterprise been destroyed in Star Trek? Yeah, how many people died? And they keep just making another one fully staffing it? Like, it's exactly. just like, 
That's a lot of people. That's a lot of damage. I mean, when you get into galactic scale, it's not as crazy. Because, I mean, when you're looking at, okay, there's six billion people. Yeah. All of a sudden, one million lost, that's significant. You yeah. feel that in population loss. You compare that to galactic scale. I mean, if we put six billion people on every planet, except Pluto, because it's small, so maybe three million. But, like, if we put a whole bunch of people on all the planets in this solar system, all of a sudden, one million... I'm not saying the loss of life still isn't there, but it's one of those things where it's like, yeah. it doesn't seem like, oh, there's no one to work at the Space Wendy's now. Like, you know, like, space there's Wendy's. still plenty of people. So, like, they when have you. the best chicken nuggets. When you look, if you've ever looked in a map of Star Wars planets, there's a lot of planets. There's a lot of planets. So, it kind of makes sense that they would have this. I mean, especially if there's like a draft or something, or if they create the only jobs. If the Empire creates the only jobs, you have no choice but to join. Exactly. Join or die. So. Let's start talking about. Okay, so we've yeah. mentioned one one point one million people on this battle station. Either way you cut it, a lot of opportunities to die, and we have ten of them to discuss. Um, and so let's discuss. Let's discuss. Right? So guys. now that we know where we are, we can start talking about. And we'll start with the cheap one. I wanted to include this one just because it didn't happen, but it could have. Mm-hmm. It's a natural risk of being anywhere in the Empire you could get killed by Vader. And we see this played out in a workplace disagreement. All right, so episode four, we have the uh, meeting of the joint chief of staff of the Imperial Navy. Mm -hmm. Tarkin, uh, Yularen, you've got uh, Tag, and you've got Malthy, Conan Antonio Modi. Fun fact, he's named after Conan O'Brien. That's funny. Um, So... Admiral Modi uh, was the guy that talked off Darth Vader when he said, you know, don't be too proud of this technological terror you've created. The ability to destroy a planet is insignificant compared to the power of the Force. And he, here's the thing, okay? He's making a point. Here's the thing. There's many things that you should not bring up in a meeting. I get if you don't believe in someone else's religion, but when it's Darth Vader... And just a, well, let's start, well, it, no, hang on. It's let's, Darth Vader. Well, no, but let's start with this. Just don't be a butt about other people's religions. Exactly. Let's just start there. You because, want your beliefs to be respected, respect others. Yes. Yeah, in, in, from a certain point of view, we learn he is a man of his own religion. He has a religion. Exactly. Here's the thing. Can you lift rocks, Modi? Probably not. You know who can? Darth Vader. Vader. Because the force is real and you should know that. Like, how you can live in Star Wars and not know. Like, right. Can you not understand? Sure. But there shouldn't be an excuse, especially with a televised clone war happening not long ago, yeah. that you could be like, <laughs> So first of all, don't be a butt about other people's religions. That that was his first mistake. Second yes. is he talked directly to Vader in a very downsizing way. Yes. And he was, don't try and force, uh, scare us with your sorceress ways, Darth Vader. I was just like, oh, you want to see sorcery? <laughs> it's right. He, he is lucky. Here's the, here's the thing. If people ask me to demonstrate my religion, yeah. I'm going to pray for you. If you ask Darth Vader to demonstrate his religion, he's, he's going to choke you. Windpipe. Right. And so there's so I mentioned from a certain point of view because there's a short story there where he's filing paperwork against Vader because of the assault. Yes. 
And so there's this funny thing. He said, whatever conclusions you ultimately draw about the incident taking place between myself and Lord Vader during yesterday's morning briefing, he was wrong. And trying to crush someone's windpipe because uh, doesn't make you any less wrong, even if you're wrong to begin with, which he was, and I do not concede the argument. He is lucky that he died in the freaking explosion. <laughs> what was he wrong about? Nothing. What, that the Force is real? Exactly. Did, like... What? Modi was just like, fake news. I'm filing a complaint against you. Get, get screw you guys. I'm going home. Right. It's just, it's just, what do you have to be angry about, my exactly. dude? Exactly. Well, you, well. I mean, okay, assault. Assault. But he was a butt. He was a, he was a butt. Here's the thing, okay? No matter how much of a butt someone is in a morning meeting, don't try and choke them. Exactly. All right? Darth Vader, he can get away with that without paperwork. You cannot. Exactly. So, if you happen to be on the Death Star and go to a morning meeting, you never know what might happen. Now, Drink in this coffee. In first. this instance, he didn't die. I mean, like technically he, he did later because of the Death Star. But he didn't die in this instance. He could have. But he could have. If Tarkin hadn't been like, dude. If, if Tarkin hadn't been like, I can't handle another one, please stop. Because yes. you know that's what it was. It wasn't like he cared about Modi. He, his thing was like... Paperwork. Vader, if you give me more paperwork, I swear to glob. And so, but yeah, uh, so our first one, it's a close call, but still possible you could die of workplace violence because okay. of Darth Vader, which is okay. just a natural Think about thing it. that could happen around Darth Vader in general. Um, so this one's, this one's more along the lines of one of the things you started this episode thinking about. Yes, because watching through... <laughs> All of the Star Wars films, in you know, whenever they're on the Death Star, whenever they're anywhere owned by the Empire, really, mm -hmm. there is a distinct lack of railings. Right. Honestly, like, you watch Rogue One, there's barely any railings. There's even a moment where, so there's that lower vault area where um, K2 was defending everything. Then there's an upper area where you can get extra access. Yes. There's no railings. There's no railings. He's walking uh, across a bridge over an open area. Now, if you fall there, you're going to break your ankles. But still, still. like, it's got to start somewhere. Yeah. The fact that Luke and Leia were able to, like, Indiana Jones swing across a platform. Right. Well, first of all, that they could walk through a door without a platform in the first place. Like, exactly. why do you need to turn on the bridge? Exactly. Like, like what the heck is up with this? The, uh, you freaking the, Geonosian weirdos. We, we need some... Now, I again... You, why? Why? That's the, only, that's the only defense I have for this. But hey, here's the thing. When they changed hands from bug people to real people... They should or, have added well, railings. bug people to space Nazi people, they should have added railing. They should well, have added railings. No, I mean, they're space Nazi people, so... True. Hmm. I don't know. Well, for the general public, when like, if you're going to... Like, say Mrs. Magoo was going to visit and take the future cadets on a tour like these Magoo. these cadet the, these kids aren't corrupted yet like no. little jimmy could have just fallen off of a rail like or he oh. could have like fallen into like the pit where you got people piloting the daggone thing right like it's just like i mean there's so many ways to die just from lack of railings like, like osha heck. would shut this thing down exactly it's crazy um one thing i wanted to mention though oh boy is there is one case of railings. There is one case of There's railings. There's one case of railings, and you want to guess who's got railings? Freaking Emperor. The freaking Emperor. Of course he's of got course railings. Of course the Emperor, like, and you better make sure there's railings in there, because I'm just slippery in this. You see how long my gown is, I might fall. Like, it's just, 
Of course he's got railings. But he's got railings. He's got tennis balls on the bottom of his freaking walker. Can you imagine how awkward the fight with Vader would have been if he went down and reached for the railing and it wasn't there and it's just like... Ah, beans. No. And it's just like... Oh, beans. Happy ending? I guess so. I don't know. But there were railings, so he was fine. Yes. We have a happy ending only because Darth Vader had railings. So, if there's not railings, guys... First of all, just don't go there. Stay very far away. Uh, don't trust your balance. Uh, and yeah, just report that crap to OSHA as quick exactly. as you can. Think about it. Think about it. All right, so this is the one I'm excited I for. I know you are. This is the one I'm excited for. All right, so this next one is another simple case. It's a, a, a simple case of don't help strangers. No, don't. So don't talk when the to Falcon strangers. is taken, captured, um, on the Death Star, it's guarded by two stormtroopers. It's guarded by TK-421 and TK-710. And at one point, of course, our heroes need to get out of there. They need to move along and, you know, rescue the princess and escape and all that other stuff. So we don't think of it much. They're ah, just faceless stormtroopers. They're called up there. They're killed for their armor. And then our heroes escape with yes. it. I'm about to break your heart. Here's, here's, here's what I'm going to say. This next part has nothing to do. My point is, be careful who you help, especially on the Death Star, because they might get you killed. Oh, no. That's my whole point. But now here's, let, let, let me tell you a story on why you should care about that. Because you're probably just like, okay, a stormtrooper death. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. So, again, referencing from a certain point of view, there is a story called Of Mice and Men. Um, it's funny because it's spelled M-S-E-6, which is for mouse droid yes. uh, and men. So it has to do with a stormtrooper and his friendly little droid. Uh, this droid is M-S-E-6-G-7-35-Y, or G-7. G-7 is friends with... TK-421. TK-421 fell in love with this little droid because he's one of the fastest out there and he's just very efficient in his job. And TK-421 and G-7 had dreams of escaping, getting to Coruscant, and uh, just signing G-7 up for the Coruscant mouse races. That's freaking precious. So TK-421 cut down in his prime and left his little G-7 all alone. But wait, there's more. If that wasn't bad enough, TK-421, G-7 was witness to a love story on the Death Star. No one thought that, oh, the Death Star is a place of love, but TK-421 did. And you want to know who he fell in love with? Are you ready for this? You don't even want, you don't even, you, you ain't ready. I ain't ready. You ain't ready, but I'm going to tell you. TK-421 fell in love with Wilhuf Tarkin himself. Ooh, yikes. And it was reciprocated. Oh! (laughs) So, it's just, it's, it's so crazy, because there's a moment where Tarkin plays Luke and TK-421 plays Leia, because G7 records uh, TK-421 talking about, oh man, I got a pimple, I just don't, you know, he's upset with his appearance, and uh, droids kind of just record everything, and so there's a moment where he bumps into Tarkin and ends up playing this, and Tarkin has a moment, much like Luke, of, who's this? He's beautiful. And, and there's a moment where uh, G7 stops the recording and he's like, wait, bring it back. Show the, show the rest of the message. And so it's meant to be a cute little, haha, it's like that R2 scene. I'm just going to keep going this way. He invites him to his quarters. They have a cool little night and everything. And uh, G7's purged of memory of all of that because Good. high intelligence. Good. Um, 
And yeah, and so uh, TK421 gives a message for the officer, Tarkin. That's the thing. They never named Tarkin, but if you re- listen to the audiobook, it's voiced as Tarkin. And the way that he's described is very Tarkin. Because um, he even mentions, I have an important meeting in the morning with uh, the joint staff. Mm-hmm. So it had to be one of the joint staff, but only one of them had gray, crisp hair, like Tarkin. This so, is so freaking weird. Hang on. So TK421 gets reassigned to guard the Falcon. And so no. G7 goes to the officer, Tarkin. Tarkin gives G7 a message that they're going to make the rebels pay and all this other stuff. On his way, he bumps into none other than TK421 escorting a chained Wookiee who scares him off. Oh, no! And so little G7 is just like, what happened to my master? What 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 went wrong? So he goes back to Tarkin, and in the last moments, he's damaged and can't roll anymore, so he picks him up and holds him in the last moments as they wait for the Death Star to destroy the rebels, only to un- unceremoniously be killed in the destruction of the Death Star itself. So little G7, TK421, and Will of Tarkin, the love story that was so untold, was cut down in its prime. I don't want to do this. I love, from a certain point of view, so much. I, I love that these are the kinds of stories we get, because that is just incredible. Yeah. It's so crazy. That is I love insane. It. I need to reread this book it's and one pay of the, more attention. There's so many stories in that book where it makes you like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. Oh my gosh, they just died. What? What? Yep. There's so yep. many times when it's just like, you don't even realize, but they give tragic backstories to these. Oh my gosh. Will Wheaton wrote the saddest one in there about a rebel officer that had to give up his child because the Empire is scary and I don't want her growing up like this so I'm giving her to some farmers that are going to go off to another safe planet like oh my gosh yeah I mean it's it's crazy it's insane but I love it so much because never in my life would I have thought I got so excited about a mouse droid a stormtrooper and Tarkin but there you go folks if you now every time you see that scene in A New Hope you're going to be like no TK421 no and that little dro- mouse droid, the one that ran away screaming from Chewbacca, that's G7, dude. That's G7 being like, my master, what? What? What, yeah. what is my master? Just remember, all of this is canon. It's canon! <laughs> canon adjacent. They won't be serious about it, but... No, it's pretty much canon. I think that's... I, it's canon adjacent, but I feel like it, it was close enough that they were like, you can't say it's Tarkin, but you can insinuate. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's a really cool little story. Man. Super sad, but... All that to say, don't help folks, because then you'll never see your lover again. Oh, man. I mean, help the right folks, obviously. I mean, Obviously. But anyway, um, the next one... <laughs> I set it up. <laughs> you, you really set it up. It's not leaving soon enough. Right. Like, if someone comes up to you and says, Hey, um, it might be a good time to get out of here. Our right. You just gonna... met the love of your life. Yeah. You have a pet little mouse droid together. Yeah. You should have run off, Tarkin. He's, he's petting the mouse droid like right. this. Right. You should have... You he's like, no. But no, he was like, nope, we got to make the rebels pay. We've got to do... If he could have just let go of his pride and his, and his hate, mm-hmm. he could have lived a happy life with TK and little G7 mm-hmm. on Scarif. Wait, no, never mind. Scarif's gone. On... And TK's gone. Huh? NTK's gone. Well, this one. Oh well. Oh no. G7's yeah. G7's gone. Well, G7 would have been with him. True. 
There's no way it would have ended happily. No. Dang. It wouldn't have. So. But he would have been alive. He would have been alive. Yeah, he could have avenged his lover. Exactly. Wow. There you go. Now you'll never get your revenge because now you're dead. You and your fuzzy slippers and your droid and your lover, they're, you're all dead. All dead. All space dust. <laughs> so next time, when dust. stuff starts to look bad, get probably just go ahead and get out of there. Get your escape craft mm -hmm. ready. Uh, it's not always going to be your moment of triumph, okay? Step off, big man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to be careful about that stuff. Um, next, so this one's a fun one. Yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, trash compactors. Again, one where, yep, one where it didn't happen, but it could have. And we know of it happening because of Omi. Mm. Omi, the Dianoga. Once again, yes. I turn to my favorite book in Star Wars, From a Certain Point of View, where we get a story of Omi the Dianoga. If you don't know, that's the trash compactor monster, okay? Yes. First, a little bit about Dianogas, because this is super weird. All right, Dianogas are large omnivorous cephalopods that hail yes. from the planet of Vaudran in the Silclata Cluster. Although primitive, they're actually sentient, and some Dianoga are even Force-sensitive. Pardon me? Well, all living beings technically, but they in some way must be more susceptible to believing in such an entity. Uh, Here's yes. the thing. This right? garbage. The garbage squids believe in water god, okay? Because um, they have a primitive tribal culture, and when they're not feeding, they often speak in a deep, complex homage uh, language. So that, that weird so you hear in the trash compactor, that's actually Omi, the Dianoga. He's saying hi. She um, She's she, saying hi. Yeah, they're hemiphroditic, but they most often identify as female. Um, because of the reverberations, it it's, uh, carries well through the water, and it's the language um, that scares away nearby prey. So usually no one bothers them because they sound so spooky. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. Their people venerated water, and basically highly regarded, um, not quite like a god, but, I mean, I obviously over... Uh, estimated, but like basically they respect it almost like if it were a god. It's not a religion, but it's one of those things where it's like you just, you don't mess with it. Um, and so yeah, uh, they call it the great cleanser when it is time to be cleansed. It's water. It's water. It's water. <laughs> um, it sounds like a Douglas Adams story. Like straight up. They also believe in reincarnation. <laughs> this is a Douglas Adams story. So Omi um, was basically picked up one day from the swamp, sold to the Empire, and the Empire threw her in the trash. She's lived there feeding off of uh, physical waste. Poor baby. So we do know she has eaten people or organics. Yeah. Because she talks about eating, uh, you know, meaty things and uh, even down to the bone. So she's eating things that it, you could have. She's eaten stuff. She, she knew that the compactor was about to go on that's the only reason she let luke go so he could have almost been omi food mm -hmm. and so yeah trash compactors my dude be careful that's why because there's swamp creatures down there uh so and then also if you're not killed by the swamp creature could have been killed by the trash compactor could have been crushed. don't play in the trash don't play in the trash kids anyway so um yeah our next one a uh, little bit more simple yeah, it, it's a little bit more simple. You know, have you ever been walking down the street in your hometown and you see someone that used to teach you mm -hmm. and you were like, oh, hey, that's Mrs. Kerfuffle. I, I remember her. She called me back. <laughs> I once got in a kerfuffle with Mrs. Kerfuffle. You came up with Mrs. Magoo earlier. So I, I can't say nothing. I can't you say nothing. You cannot say a word. And 
Do you remember in that moment you took out a laser beam sword and cut her down immediately? I mean, I wanted to, but I didn't because that'd be illegal. That's what you do when you meet a former teacher. Apparently. Right? On yeah. the Death Star, at least. Meeting a former student is a way to die on the Death Star. Yes. So you're just strolling through, shutting down tractor beams, helping farm boys break out princesses. And all of a sudden, some guy in black armor you used to know and call Annie... Uh, has a grudge, apparently. Apparently, because you cut off his legs. Ooh. So, this is probably the most typical Death Star death most people think of, aside from our first couple, which yeah. you can probably name. But it's one of those funny instances where it really does come down to the fact that, I mean, it was because he was his old teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, personal grudges aside, it's it boil it down. Yeah. It's just like I didn't like I didn't like school with you. It, you also cut off my legs, but yeah. that one test was really hard. That one test was really hard. <laughs> and so, yeah. Um, I, one, one thing I do have to give it, technically he only got it because Obi-Wan let him have it. Yes, but that is true. nonetheless, death is death. It did happen. And so, yeah. yeah Obi-Wan so, had to buy time. He did. Um, again, going to OSHA violations, though. Um, yes. this Put time, on your hard hats. Yeah, it, basically. Um this time it's just overall. Yeah. Okay, this is this is just overall, the whole thing was poorly handled. So we've got everything from an unsecure work site of the Death Star 2 because a freaking ship the size of a Millennium Falcon was able to fly through your battle station. In a very cool scene, but nonetheless. This is dangerous. like you opening a market for business, but leaving a drive-through sized you know, space yeah. all the way through to your to your lock-in safe and someone being able to drive through your operational store. Can we just talk about that for a second? It wasn't finished. Why, number one, would you have it in space? Number two, would you already have it staffed and working? Like, exactly. It's one of those things where it's just like, that. you don't see Kroger opening halfway finished. You don't see Walmart finished, uh, halfway finished and open. Like, no one else does this. Yeah. Who thought this was a good idea? You know who thought it was a good idea? Palpatine. Probably. Um, so we've got unsecure work sites. We also have just the poor conditions of the Death Star construction of the first one. Yes. Thousands of Geonosians died. And I'm not talking about the lazy ones that didn't have work to do. I'm talking about just Geonosians in general dying from workplace accidents, sabotage, mm-hmm. all kinds of other stuff. And here's the thing. We're not just talking about workers. There were other people, Imperial officers, who were killed over this Death Star business. Yeah. There was so much death that took place to create the Death Star. You thought it was fueled by kyber crystals, but no! It's fueled by souls. It's fueled by death. Um, so, I mean, it's very, very appropriate name. But, yeah, like, there's just... There's a lot of death associated with building this thing. That's why the Death Star is so unlucky. It's built on an ancient Geonosian burial ground. Oh! <laughs> oh no! I knew it was such a trope. Um, so yeah, there's just a lot of death associated with yeah. the making of a Death Star alone. So it's crazy. It'd really be interesting to get into the numbers of how many died making it, how many did it kill, and then how many died on it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a lot of... That's a kill That's count. a lot of death. James A. Janice? Right, there? that's a lot of death. Dead meat, kill count? Um, yeah. Next one. You want to take this one? Yeah. Okay. Next one. Sorry, I, I talk a lot. You're fine. You talk a lot. Um, no one expects the farm boy. No, no one, one expects does. the farm boy. No one ever does. Nope. So one day you can just be chilling on your Death Star, and then all of a sudden a farm boy comes along in a freaking X-Wing 
that he's never flown before. Well, uh, I was I was gonna get on a tangent about that, but then you got He did fly a Skyhopper, which is the equivalent of a bush pilot. He was essentially a small plane pilot. It's fair to say it's probably a transferable experience with a little bit of, you know, show me this, show me that kind of stuff. It's only about the size of a womp rat. What? It's about three meters. Oh yeah, the the. I mean, basically, yeah, basically, it was like flying his bush pilot, yeah. his his bush plane, but a little yeah. bit bigger with bigger guns. Yes, exactly. But still, still, a blonde whiny farm boy. Yeah. Comes out of nowhere. Right. Of all the soldiers. Right. Of all of all the experienced, you know, pilots and yeah. everyone. And he's got the force. Right. Well, the, I, and a that's ghost. why. And a that's ghost why. guiding him doing stuff. That's your farm boy and a ghost. Farm don't boy. let your farm boy and ghost near a death ball. Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys, farm boys, or ghosts. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Luke, you know, there's nothing quite like 1.1 million dead yeah. space Nazis. Like, he's got a lot of death on his, like, roster. That. Yeah. Get out of here, Natasha, with red in your ledger. He's got, like, red, blue, green. I mean, my thing is, is it's really hard to quantify. Because like we mentioned earlier, there was lunch ladies. Yeah. I mean, there was freaking freaking uh, G7 and Tarkin. Yeah. I mean, Tarkin was still bad, but, like, who knows what a love life could have done for him. Right? And it's just like, we'll never know. We'll never know. Um, okay. I mean, think of all the other innocent mouse droids. I mean, basically, just I think do. about the droids. Think about the gonk droids. Oh, my God. Luke. The gonk droids. And so, yeah. You um, suck, Luke. You, know, you, you got to always be ready for a farm boy and a proton torpedo. Because that'll really ruin your day. Honestly. I mean, you know. Um, we need to study them. Learn their weaknesses. <laughs> Tobacco. <laughs> um, number two. We're getting towards the end here. Uh, helping your son. Yes. Um, sometimes you just got to say no and enough is enough. Yeah. But sometimes her, her uh, helping hurts. Yes. And in this instance, it hurts a lot. It hurts a lot. Like, it's like, really like shocking. lightning. It like, like getting struck by lightning getting levels. Getting fired by your Like boss. on a scale of one to lightning, how much does it hurt? Lightning. <laughs> and so, yeah, uh, Vader saves his son valiantly. And you know yes. what? He wouldn't have been able to if it weren't for railings. If it weren't for railings. Palpatine... We hadn't even put it out there, but Palpatine knew our list, mm-hmm. foresaw it, and unfortunately, I guess, I mean, he was safe, but it He was kept, thrown over the railing. Yeah, like... He was, like, deadlifted not not and thrown over a railing. Oh, yeah. Like, ouch. Oh, yeah. Yikes. Well, all the more reason, like, Vader was spent yeah. afterwards. Yeah. I mean, between the lightning, the deadlifting, and also the whiny sun, I mean, kind of done. Mm-hmm. So, but no, but yeah, he like, that railing. Uh, it's, it's a great scene. It's, it's an awesome redemption, but it's also death on the yeah. Death Star. Therefore, we have to count it. So exactly. when tossing your boss over the railing, make sure they don't got zap zap fingers because that mm. will ruin your day. It will ruin your day. It'll ruin your life. Or, you know, if you have the force, maybe just lift them and toss it. Like, you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But nonetheless. Maybe get your son to help. Yeah, just watch out for zap zap fingers, guys. Maybe just like he takes the legs, you take the arms, and you just like swing them over. Right, like you you got a little bit more gusto in you, Luke. I mean, you got you got zapped, but let yeah. me tell you what happened to me. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, or just grab him by his flowy garment and just just <laughs> chuck him. Like, there's so many other ways this could have ha- been handled. Exactly. But no, we had to. We we just. Yeah. 
Yeah. Just watch out for lightning, guys. That's all I can say. Out, watch out for lightning. Watch out for snakes. But if you do get hit with lightning by your boss, who is secretly an evil galactic warlord, mm-hmm. chuck that sucker down a shaft. Get shafted, Palpatine. <laughs> Always have a shaft nearby. Always. In case you run into a prune-faced evil warlord. Or just a Sith in general. Right. Just, any, well, just anyone unpleasant. Anyone unpleasant. Just have a shaft ready. Sometimes you cut them in fr- cut them in twain first. Right. I mean, if you want to be a little bit more recyclable, then, yes. you know, pull the Obi-Wan, cut down your garbage before throwing it down, mm-hmm. or just throw the whole thing. I mean, How you know what? How dare you, first of all? There's no way to really do it because Maul got cut in half, came Did. back, Palpatine got thrown out whole, came back. You got to get... Okay, if you're going to have a shaft, have a garbage disposal at the mm. bottom. Have one of those things, like, it's at... Uh, it's at mom's house where she has the crusher. Right. Oh, yeah. The compactor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. have a trash compactor at the bottom of your shaft. Have a Diagon. Dianoga. Here's the thing. Combine all of them. Combine the whole list. Have farm boys, Dianogas, shaft, trash compactor. Have a freaking... Um, laser beam with a shark. Laser beam with a shark. I don't even know what that's about. But uh, have all of that at the bottom of your shaft. Shark with freaking lasers. And then you're good. You're square. Your evil warlord is never coming back. Exactly. Never Matt to Smith be hurt or from otherwise. Again. Or pull a Dragon Ball Z and when his like evil blue force spirit escapes, like throw a frog out there so he traps in the frog. And then the frog falls down the shaft that and is, gets eaten by the Dinoga. That is my favorite Dragon Ball Z thing it's ever. It's such a it's such a goat thing. It's unexpected. Just, it's fantastic. <laughs> frog. <laughs> if you've never if you don't know what we're talking about, just uh, someone someone's troll si- soul tries to escape and uh, yeah. they throw a frog in the way and it gets trapped in the frog instead. It's fantastic. I mean, we would have a such different uh, Oh my gosh, what if Frog Palpatine came back in the end? I am back, Skywalker. What if, Ribbit. What if Palpatine's Babu Frick? <laughs> what if Palpatine is Babu Frick, guys? <laughs> oh my gosh. They're, they're both wrinkly. Look, you know what? Who knows what's going to happen? We might even have a third Death Star to kill Count Four. I don't know. But Let's hope not. Here, here is ten ways to die on the Death Star. Um, here's also just a whole bunch of other storytelling yeah. that hopefully intrigues you. That You thought this was just a ball of death. But you had no idea what you were getting into when you started this episode. You are now more educated and more prepared to avoid death when you visit the Death Star. Yes. Um, yeah, just just be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of your Death Stars. Yeah, wear a hard hat. Yeah, that, just, in general, just probably do that. And in general, you know. just think about it. Just think about it. Just think about it. Well, I mean, you know, like, it would have been very different for the um, Stormtroopers on Endor if they didn't oh. have their helmets. It would have like, been a lot of rocks to the lot of A ro- lot of rocks. So that's something to look it's forward to on our indoor ways to die. But um, this has been a new episode for us, a new style for yes. us. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Again, lots of fun on our end to record. Lots of wackiness. And it's one of those things where it's like, I hope on the other end of this, you learned something you had no idea about the Death Star. Yeah. We've known about the Death Star for 40 years now. And it's hard to think that there's anything new you could learn. Mm-hmm. It's hard to think that there's anything that could be added to the experience of the Death Star. But hopefully, I mean, it's not us doing it. We're just the messengers. But hopefully we gave you something new to think about, to, to love about yeah. the Death Star. And maybe now you'll visit the Death Star prepared and ready to not die any of the one of the ten ways we uh, explained today. So Yeah, and if you're a patron, stay tuned for the after show where we die. Where we die. 
a lot. No, I don't know. Um, I, I hope not. That would be a boring show. But, uh, yeah, you can check us out on Patreon for an after show. It starts at a dollar a month. That also goes to support us and all that we do. It sends our cats to college. All of that crazy mm-hmm. stuff. Um, you can follow us on the social medias. And, again, let us know a uh, planet you want to cover next. Let us know your favorite way to die on the Death Star. All of that cool stuff. Um, we really enjoyed this series. And we want to make it last. There's a lot of Star Wars plans we can talk about. So, But uh, yes. we do want to hear back from you because it's just so different than anything we've done before. So yeah. let us know. And um, in general, just hit us up on social media. You know, um, Help us have a good time on social media. We need more positivity and fun on social media rather than Definitely. whiny bad boys. So, yeah, yeah, hit us up. Other than that... We are going to attempt to be as on schedule as we can now that you're alive. I'm alive. And um, well, so this should be out on Wednesday. That means our Rebels rewatch will not be out on Friday. We already talked about this. Yes. Scheduling-wise, we're going to be able to get it out Saturday. So look forward to that Saturday on our Rebels rewatch, continuing that. We're going to be talking about Empire Day. So what better week? It's Empire Week. I'm wearing a Darth Vader shirt. I am too. Dark but side it's coffee. A more stylish. I've got uh, my. Uh, Empire, well, it's socks with the Imperial Cog on it. Yep. Um, I also got, um, I don't know what this is called. Like, it's Kylo Ren's First Order thingy. It's like Crimson thingy. Hmm. It's not Crimson Dawn. I want to say Crimson Dawn, hmm. but I th- it's something to do with the Sith Trooper, I think. I got it I like from Target. I got it from Target in their um, Black Series mystery box. Mm-hmm. Right, so I guess it's not a mystery for you anymore. Well, it's not just this. It's a comic and a pin and a figure, so. Yeah. So it's a non-mystery box for you now because you know what you're getting. But anyway, have a good rest of your week. We'll be back. Nothing. I was just... Just trying to get me to shut up? Okay. (laughs) It's time to go, so have a good day, good week, good tomorrow. Um, What's that song? What's that song? So long, farewell, off you to shun, adieu, adieu, adieu to you and you and you.